summer in the Psalms, right? Summer's almost over, right? But hey, I got good news. We got back to school next week, so you want to be there for sure. It's going to be amazing. But I love, I don't know about you, but I love this, this series that we've been in, Summer in the Psalms. Now, again, I'm the worship pastor. I'm a musician, so I, I, I love David. I really do. And he kind of gets a bad rap. He's a musician. It's like so bipolar. I connect with you. Yeah. Come on. So emotional. But I love the Psalms because it, I believe it really pulls on the heartstrings of the human heart. It really does. The highs and the lows. And, you know, David not only was a worshiper, but he was a warrior. He was a fighter. He was a leader. He was a king. He led a nation. He knew the pressures of life. He also knew what it was like to lose a family member, a child. He knew what it was like to fail fail God. He knew what it was like. And, and I love Psalms because I believe it brings the humanity and the intimacy of our Lord and his children. And it says that David was a man after God's own heart. And I, and I heard it said that if you read Psalms, you get a little picture of God's heart. Isn't that incredible? And so today we're going to dive into one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. It's one of the most famous chapters in all the Bible. And, and I think it's most known, but at least applied and least believed. Today we're going to be talking about Psalms 23, the shepherd psalm. It's my favorite. You know, many of us, we know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing or I shall not want. We've memorized it at school. We know it, but do we really believe it? And I want to challenge us as a church. Let's just move from knowing to actually living it, living it out loud. And so let's read this incredible passage of scripture. Just seven verses that change everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes or he restores my soul. He guides me along the right path. I love that. The right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence, in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that incredible? That's some good news. That's, that's hope for us. And no matter what season of life that you're in, that is hope. And I, I think that when you read the, the, this psalm and this, this chapter, you know, a lot of times it's read at funeral homes or it's talking about the, the valley of the shadow of death. You know what I mean? Like, but it's really, honestly, this, this psalm is about life and how to live life to the fullest. It is a guidebook that leads us in the highs and lows of life. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we all want green pastures and still waters. We all want to get to that place. But how do we get there? How do we get that? You know, see, many times we seek guidance, but we forget the guide. We want direction, like self-help books or guidance or counseling and all this stuff, and that's all great. But sometimes we actually miss the ultimate director of our life. See, the thing is, the enemy can't destroy us, but he can distract you or, or misalign you to where you miss the, the fulfillment and the calling of your life. And he, use, he uses the weapon of fear. 
uses the weapon of fear because the thing is, is this, is that fear is actually a form of focus. And whatever you focus on the most, you drift towards. And I also heard it said that fear is actually a form of faith, but just in the wrong thing. And so I think this is so important that for us not to be driven by fear, but by faith. You know, uh, it's interesting that, you know, with this example of, of, and the relationship between shepherd and sheep, you know, uh, this relationship, or they, they compare Christians, believers, to sheep almost 700 times in Scripture. That's a lot of times. So I believe that there's some truth here, and he is the shepherd, and it's also said in John 10 that he is the good shepherd, right? And so I was starting to think about it. If there's a good shepherd, there must be a bad shepherd. And if the sheep know his voice, there might be distinction or trying to distinct that from other voices in our lives. And I believe how many times are, are we distracted by the voices, the noise and the static and the fear of life? So many times. And I, I think the thing is, is this sheep are only as good as the shepherd. Sheep are only as good as the shepherd that leads them. Your life, I love this quote, your life is a result of the voice you listen to. Your life is a result of the voice that you listen to. So if you can just evaluate your life, take an inventory of the highs and the lows, are you at a place where you want to be? And you're at that place because of the voice that you have been listening to. Uh, you know, when I first started coming here to 1132, I had an incredible privilege to uh, lead worship at a camp in Washington. And this is the first time I actually traveled to Washington. And uh, Pastor Dustin was uh, preaching at this camp, and I was, I was doing the worship. So it was like the one-two punch. It was awesome. I loved it. It was great. And uh, uh, years back, and so um, I was excited. But I'll be honest, a little transparent, right? There was, uh, there was a girl, right? Her name was Carissa, who's now my wife, praise God, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's Camp, you know, I'm like, hey, maybe we'll get a latte and we'll talk about it. You know what I mean? Was, you know, but she's like, I don't need no man. So I'm like, all right, that's awesome. That's all right. Cool, cool. But so the, in the Northwest in Washington, they're a little more outdoorsy. You know, uh, my mother-in-law, you know, she, she's very outdoorsy. And so I was like, okay, I got to prove myself. I'm born and raised in Dallas, right, my whole life, you know, and uh, I'm not really outdoorsy at all, at all. And I'm half Indian and Colombian, and we, we, don't, we don't do skiing at all. Like, all right, you know, so, so it's snowing outside, and I'd rather be at a beach, you know what I mean? So it's snowing, it's cold, and then all of a sudden skiing is such a crazy idea. Let's go on this mountain and go really fast down. I mean, that's scary. That's very scary. Where are the brakes? And so I'm like, that's what I asked. I was like, okay, how do you turn? And they're like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, so I was around a lot of guys that were very uh, competitive and a lot of testosterone. And so like, hey, don't worry about it. Um, you got it. Uh, where's the bunny slopes? Don't worry. So we're going to go up. We're going to climb higher, just like the song. I will climb this mountain. We're climbing up higher, higher. I was chasing after Chris. It didn't work. So yeah, I'm like, like, oh my gosh, climbing up this mountain. And uh, truth be told, I'm deathly afraid of heights, like for real. And so I'm out of my comfort zone, but you know, I'm pressing on to the goal, right? The prize. And uh, so we're up going higher and higher and higher. And uh, yeah, I just, I start to meet fear, right? I'm like, I know what fear looks like. And, uh, and so uh, we go down this mountain and all I see is clouds and no mountain. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And so there's a, don't worry about it. Just listen to my voice, listen to our voice, just follow our lead. And so after the day goes on, I'm getting more and more comfortable and more and more confident. I'm like, I think I got this. This is good. All right. I think I'm good, you know? And so I'm like, you know what? They're going one way. I'm going to do my own path. You know, I feel like this is, this is good. You know, we're up on the mountain and I'm 
I'm like, all right, I want my green pastures and still waters, you know. So it was just me and God, you know. And it, literally, no one was around. That was the first sign. You know what I mean? That's, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the first time. So I'm just skiing by myself. And it's like, oh, man, this is peaceful. It's so quiet. You couldn't hear anything. So if, like, if I yelled as loud as I can, you couldn't hear anything. You know, so that, that's the sign. So I'm skiing, and uh, what was peaceful turned into panic very quickly, very, very fast. And so there was a drop, and I, of, co- of course, gravity, I dropped as well and kept dropping, rolling, rolling, rolling. So my keys, my, my, not my keys, my skis, and in my keys probably, my skis went one way, and, uh, you know, everyone, everything went all over the place. My gear's all over the place, and I'm by myself, and I'm like, am I bleeding? Am I alive? I'm like, okay. And I only, know, I only knew one person. That was Pastor Dustin. So I'm like, Dustin, 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 Dustin. They're like screaming out for help. Somebody help me. And then finally somebody found me like, just scoot down. You're fine. The city boy. Come on, let's go. Come on, you're fine. You know, so not a really good impression on Carissa, but that's all right. She wasn't there, so it's all good. God ordained it. It was awesome. But, uh, yeah, it was great. But, you know, pride happens before the fall, literally. So, uh, but I I think that there's some truth in this simple story and embarrassing story is that a lot of times we get comfortable in our own skin, comfortable in our own direction, our own guidance, that we stop leaning on the ultimate source, the ultimate source of guidance, and we start to veer, not, not strongly, just veer our own path. And that path doesn't lead to green pastures, but disaster. And so today I want to talk about how we can find that place with the Lord. Who is guiding you? Is it yourself? Is it fear? Is it the wrong voice? You know, it's interesting uh, in scripture, it says, fear not, 365 times. Now, there's no coincidence with God, right? See, the Lord knows that we are susceptible for fear. So he wrote 365 verses to say, hey, fear not. Do not give in to fear. Do not fear. And I started to think about this is that I look at our society, I look at this generation, and we're one of the most fearful anxiety-driven, depressed, and medicated generation. I mean, there's kids that are on medication already. I'm like, oh my goodness, we, I think we've gotten comfortable with the limp of fear. And God is saying, no, 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 I want you to fully be alive and fully live fearless and bold and alive. Fear not, fear not. You know, even this past two weeks, just devastation, even in our nation, of the shootings in El Paso and Ohio. I mean, there's so much fear everywhere. And our church, our heart breaks for the victims. Our heart breaks for the lost and the hurting that have been broken and destroyed. And I believe as a church, we need to be the church and step up and be a lighthouse to dark places. Come on, church, do you believe that? Do you believe that there's revival coming in America? And it starts with the church. It starts in Allen. It starts with us. Will the people of God stand up and say, revival, that God is still on the throne? But sometimes we get so discouraged. But he is who he says he is. And so today, I want to give you tools on how to move from fear to faith. And I'm going to give you four questions, four simple questions that I believe we've all asked ourselves almost every day. Four simple questions of fear but answers of faith. Church, are you ready? Number one, how do I provide? 
How do I provide? Oh, we've all asked that. I've asked that. How, do, how am I going to provide for family, especially in transition season? How am I going to provide being a husband? How am I going to provide being a dad? How am I going to provide? How am I going to provide? Have you ever felt like just not good enough? Have you ever felt coming up short every time? You, you saw your family fall short and you feel like this fear and this anxiety of, I'm just not equipped. I'm not going to make it. Have you felt like there's no vision, no hope for a future? And it says right in verse 1, the first verse, the Lord is. Hold up. The Lord is not was. The Lord is not going to be. The Lord is currently my, not the shepherd, my shepherd, your shepherd, your shepherd. It's personal. It's real. He's your shepherd, and I lack. I lack nothing. I absolutely lack nothing. I'm fully satisfied in him. Now, there's no perfect situation. There's no perfect situation, but there is a perfect Savior. And the name of God, I love this, is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's your provider. He is who he says he is. And I love this quote, and it says, what I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. I'll say that again. What I have in God is greater than what I don't have in life. And it really focuses on not necessarily what I have, but whom I have. It's not about what I have, but whom I have. And I look a lot, I look at this scenario and I see this a lot in, in third world countries. You know, our church is a missional church. We send teams all over the world, which is incredible. And uh, I had the incredible opportunity to go to India, which my family's there. My dad actually is here, by the way. I love you, dad. Yeah, he's great. But yeah, so, but, but I have tons of family in India and I remember hearing stories of, of families giving everything that they had to others in need. Now, these families that are so fearlessly generous, they don't have much. And so there was a family that gave everything that they had, all groceries, all their food, everything to a less fortunate family in a village. They didn't have food for tomorrow. They woke up the next day, they opened up the door and there was groceries right at the door. And the thing is, is this, is that we hear testimonies of this all the time about God providing, God providing. But what about today? What about for you? What about right here in Allen? What, is God your provider and do you live with fear or do you live fearless in knowing that he supplies all your needs? Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all. Somebody say all. And that's not some, all, right? All your needs according to his riches and glory. I love this because the thing is, is this. Perfect love, what? Casts out fear. Fear is about you. Love is about others. Fear is about you. Love is about others. And how do we live fearlessly? How do I provide? He is total provision. That is the answer. How do I provide? He is total provision. Number two, when do I find peace? Do I find peace in the car? No. Do I, do I find peace at home? No. Do I find peace with my kids? No. My, well, do I find Peace at, at work, when do I find peace? And I think a lot of times we search for green pastures and still waters. The grass is always greener on the other side. Side note, do we love our turf out there in Allen? Isn't that, that is green. The greenest pastures are right here at Church 1132 in Allen. Come on. I'll tell you that. Maybe we'll get a, like a little lazy river, you know what I mean? Like, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah that, that's peace right there. Yeah, that's great. But, but no, in all seriousness, when do we, where do we find peace? 
where do we find peace? Do you feel anxious? Anxious, a feel of fear and anxiety. And I love verse 2. It says, he makes me. Hold up. Makes me? I don't want to be made to. Nobody wants to be made to. I want to be invited. But sometimes before God makes you, he breaks you. Right? Before God makes you, he breaks. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes. I love that. Let's take a deep breath. He refreshes. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right path, the right path for his namesake. You know what his name is? Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He's my peace. It is finished, it's fulfilled, it's perfected. And he's inviting you to a finished product in his presence. You know, it's said that green pastures and still waters actually represents what sheep are, 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 are uh, consuming and eating. And I think this is so key is that sheep are only as good as what they eat. And I think this quote by William Evans is incredible. It says, there can be no spiritual strength sufficient to walk in paths of righteousness unless time is taken to lie down in green pastures of the divine word and by the still waters of prayer. I love that. I'm going to say that again. That's so good. There can be no spiritual strength sufficient to walk in paths of righteousness unless time is taken to lie down in green pastures and the divine word by still waters of prayer. Have you ever pushed pause and, and just had time with the Lord? He is your peace. And I think so many times we get so consumed by, I'm missing the right path. How do I take the right path? But thing, the thing is, is this. We don't have to chase the right situation. We simply have to follow the shepherd. I'm going to say that again. We don't have to chase the right situation. We simply have to follow the shepherd. He leads us to the right path. And like I said, sheep will never be healthier than the meadows that they graze on. But I started to think about sheep constantly eat, constantly consume. And so the shepherd's constantly moving the sheep to green pastures so that way it can have tons of nutrients. Because the thing is, you are what you eat. What are you consuming in your life? What are you consuming in your life? We're constantly plugged in and the go-go and the busyness of life. Maybe it's time to push pause and have peace in your life. You know... We talk about the valley of the shadow of death, right? And we try to avoid it at all costs because it's scary, right? You know, but it's interesting that shepherds in Israel, right? This is close to the Middle East. It's hot, right? So during the summer, it's interesting that shepherds actually take their sheep in the valley to avoid the heat of the day. And it's actually found that in the valley, it's some of the most greenest pastures and still waters. Interesting. And sheep actually have horrible eyesight. So they're always, you know, looking and, and they're searching for something more, but their perspective starts to shift when, when the atmosphere changes. And so whenever they're going in the dark, they get skittish, they get afraid because their perspective is off. They don't even see the blessing that's right in front of them. Do you see the blessing even in the valley? Do you see the blessing that's even in the valley? We don't need to know what will happen tomorrow. We only need to know that he leads us in the right path. And so number three, quickly, who will protect me? Maybe you feel beaten and bruised by life and, and, and you just feel like it, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. But know this in verse four, even though, meaning that we can't avoid valleys, it's gonna happen. Even though I walk through, not in it, not camping in it. I'm walking through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil. I'll fear no evil. He is our helper. 
Don't measure the size of your mountain. Measure the, 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 the God that can move mountains. Amen? Don't, don't measure or, or carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Measure in the fact that God carries the universe in his. Trust in him. He will protect me. And I love this, even just the, the verbiage of scripture in verse 1 and 3, it's talking about God in third person, right? He talks about, you know, in third person, but in verse 4, it's talking directly to God. I will fear no evil because you are with me. And I think this is so truth for us, some simple truth for us today is that we talk about God all the time. We sing songs about God all the time. We maybe do studies about God, but I think when you're in the battle of your life, in the valley, it's time to talk directly to him. Talk directly to God and he will hear you. All your, all your part, oh, and even the, the worst things in your life, just bring everything, your pain, your guilt, your shame to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. If the shepherd, if God is your shepherd, your security is in your savior, not your situation. If God is your shepherd, your security is not in your savior, it is in your, situ it's not, it's, it is in your savior, not in your situation. And the thing is that sheep, it's interesting, I've done a little bit of a study on sheep, which is interesting, but there's a lot of truth in this, is that whenever sheep feel afraid, they get anxious and they feel full of anxiety that sometimes you can actually scare a sheep and they pass out. It's pretty wild. You can check it out on YouTube. Sorry, Peter. I mean, it's, it's true though. But, but it's true that they get so paralyzed by fear that they don't use their voice. And it's modern day shepherds. They actually have bells along these sheep so that way if there's movement, they know that there's trouble. And it's interesting that the predator, like lion, lion tigers and bears, oh my, you know, like those guys, they come in, they come in and they actually attack the life source of the sheep, which is the throat. They always attack the life source, which is your voice. And I start to think about this, is that there's many believers that were like, well, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like praying. I don't, it's time to use your voice. Use it. There's power in your voice when you declare who God is and what he's done in your life, even in the valley. You might feel surrounded, but God is right there. It's like that song, Surrounded. This is how I find my battles. You just got to say it. This is how I find my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I find my battles. I mean, oh, I don't have a voice like that. You know, here's the thing. God doesn't look for perfection. He looks for authenticity. And, and even if it's a little bit off key, it's all good. You just got to cry out to the Lord because he wants you. He's personal. He's seeking after you. You're not promised a perfect situation, but you're promised a perfect shepherd. And I love this. It says that he anoints my head with oil. And I think that it's interesting that shepherds actually, they take oil and they put it, oil on to the sheep's head so that way it can avoid flies and pests and, and, and all, all these things so that way they can have a clear mind. And I started to think about this, that sheep actually, when they don't have the oil, the anointing on their life, that these flies, they get in, they burrow into the, to, to the, to the fur and, and all the wool and everything, and then all of a sudden, like, maggots start to come in, and they are such in pain that they take their head, and they start to ram it around a tree or a rock to relieve the pain. And I started to think about this, that sometimes the deepest, darkest situations always start with a thought. 
a little pesky fly. But then we get used to fear. We, 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 we just cope with fear. But then what happens when fear starts to burrow in? burrow into our mind and all of a sudden now it's medicated now all of a sudden we're trying to relieve the pain in our lives and I've sound I've heard so many believers that God is calling us higher but we're so stricken by fear but it starts with a thought the anointing of God is the protection of God over your life and lastly where do I belong am I alone the thing is, protection is not the absence of a fight or pressure or difficulty, but it's right in the middle of the shadow of death. And sometimes when we're in the shadow of death, in the valley of our life, we feel alone, abandoned. Maybe because your family abandoned you or your friends. You feel just bruised and battered by life. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you. He's always there. He's always speaking. He's always present, even in the battle of your life. And I love this in verse 6. It says, surely goodness and love will follow me. Follow me. I want, I want you to get this. Is that if goodness and mercy is following you, that means that God has your back. God has your back. And the thing is, sometimes we look at our perspective and like, this is the mountain that's in front of me. This is the situation that's right in front of me. And he's tapping your shoulder and saying, I'm right here. I'm closer than you think. I have your back. I got you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Listen to the whisper of God. His whisper. He's whispering because he is close to us. I love this passage of scripture in Philippians. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I want to close with this thought. I want to close with this and the fact that when I read about the valley of the shadow of death, I think, again, it's, it's, there's a lot of fear in there. There's, there's a lot of fear and anxiety when even you start reading that, of whether it's death, whether it's hardship in your life. But I started to think about, even as a child, as a kid, I was afraid of the dark. I'll be honest. I really was. And I remember as a kid, I would go through uh, my routine at night. I would make sure that there's nothing underneath the bed. I make sure that nothing's in the closet, and, and I would make sure the windows are closed and the, the shutters are everything's tight and protected. And then I would go to bed, and I'd make sure that there's a light at night. And I remember my dad; he would come in and he'd pray for me every single night. He'd pray for me. He's like, "Hey," he prayed for God's protection over my life. He he declared that there's a plan for you, and it just somehow I just felt comforted by my father. But as I grew older, as life began to bruise me and as life began, we always, you know, fall in times in our life. But I found myself still afraid. Obviously not afraid of the dark, but dark situations. Like, why would my mind go there? And I started to think, like, worst case scenarios. And I started to think about, well, like, goodness and mercy is not defining my life. I started to focus on the negativity and the valley and the shadow and death. And I just started to be stricken by anxiety. And honestly, honestly there's times where I just could not breathe. And I just thought, okay, if I can just breathe in 
and breathe out. Knowing who God is, that he is good. But see, the thing is, is that the father is whispering to me, even as an adult, saying, I've got you. Don't worry. It's okay. I started to think about this. Death. The valley of the shadow of death. And in the darkest night, the darkest of all nights in all of history, Jesus took on death for you. So that way, we only fight the shadow of death. Jesus took on death, sin, shame, every single hurt on the cross so that we only fight shadows, the shadow of death. And I started to think about this simple truth. Again, it's simple. But as a kid, I would cry out, Dad, there's somebody in my room. I, I feel it. Dad, I know there's somebody there. And he come in. He's like, hey, you know, let's turn on the light. Let's check the bed. No, 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 nothing's there. Let's check the closet. No one's there. And I started to think about this simple truth. Why are we so afraid of shadows? A shadow never hurt anybody. Because the thing is, is this, we fight our battles from victory. The victory is already won. The victory is already won. And today, maybe there's some of us here just need to turn on the light in your life. Look up, cry out and say, you are my perfect peace. You're my provider. You're my protection. God, I trust you because you're closer than you think. He's closer than you think. And I remember as a kid, singing this simple song I cast all my cares upon you it's a simple song but now growing up as an adult I, I look at that song I listen to the lyrics of it and the weight of it it's so true it's almost like David's looking back at Psalms 23 the Lord is my shepherd I like nothing and today, I want to close with this. On this simple song of, I cast all my cares. And I'm going to sing it for us today. But as I sing it, I want you to focus on God's goodness and mercy. Not how you feel. Not your current circumstance. But know that it's a promise and declaration. That God's mercy and goodness is for you. And I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. Today, will you cast your cares on the one who carries the world on his shoulders? Will you cast your cares, your pain, your fear, your anxiety? And today, we have two options. Either to cast your care or keep on walking in life with a limp. Keep on walking in life and losing sleep. Keep on losing breath. I'm telling you, He is the peacemaker. He is your provider. He's your shelter in the storm. And today, it's two words. 
simply two words, trust and surrender. Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.